Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. This is episode 70. I'm your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today is Sophia Lay and Matt Kirk of Modulus 7. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for Thank having you. us. All right, uh, let's start out with uh, some little introductions. Um, Sophia, let's start with you. Um, I'm Sophia Lay. Me and my husband, Matt, we own Modulus 7. Um, he's the software guy, and I'm the people person. Our first client was together for um, a startup based out of the Midwest, and um, we learned a lot from uh, managing uh, teams that were dispersed in three different time zones. So, mm. And then so we're, we're big fans of, you know, working for our clients and not being on site. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm Matt Kirk, and I've been doing software for a very long time. Uh, I didn't actually start out as a programmer. I started out as a financial analyst and just found myself kind of into the startup scene and doing cool little projects here and there. And then I caught the bug. Um, my background is actually in academia and public policy. Hmm. So nothing to do with software, but hmm. then ended up doing project management and then going from there. Cool. How long have you been consulting? Since uh, last year, so yeah, a year. So, so it's been a year. Okay. Before that, um, I worked at uh, a startup in Seattle called Wet Paint, which was a they're a pretty decent sized company. And then before that, I worked in the finance industry for a company called uh, Parametric. Mm -hmm. And were you um, on site with both of those, or had you started working remotely at all back then? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, the two first jobs that I had were primarily on site, uh, wet paint and parametric were both hundred percent on site. And okay. then, uh, after that, most of my work transitioned into being pretty much hundred percent remote. So it was, it was definitely a shift. Mm -hmm. Was that an intentional shift? Uh, something that you wanted to happen or was just kind of a side effect? It was a little bit of both. I think I got tired of, you know, hopping on the bus in the morning and commuting every single day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it was kind of like, well, geez, I'm doing all this online. Like, why am I even here? Like, I, I have my headphones on. I'm not really paying attention to other people because I'm trying to get my work done. Right. And, and you know, it was just one of those natural steps of like, well, I do all my work remotely, I would say. So mm -hmm. why not just do it at home or from wherever? Yeah, and then in um, my case, um, I my background is in public policy, so primarily um, I've worked for government jobs, which are a lot of it is on site, and there's this very weird disconnect, despite the fact that we are connected to computers all the time. They do not trust you to work even from home for one day a week. Mm -hmm. um, there's policies for telecommuting. Um, so um, it has to be approved by a department director if you telecommute. There's usually a policy in place. And then you have to kind of write like a proposal. I mean, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through to telecommute. And then you mm. come into this industry where it's pretty, it seems like it's very well accepted. Mm. Um, some startups that still do the whole, well, every every team has to be together. But uh, my, my first tech job, um, I was managing a remote team. So... Um, but I personally, I loved it. Um, I thought it was great. So you're pretty happy with it now? 
Um, yeah, I'm not uh, managing a team uh, remotely right now. Mm-hmm. But um, when I did, um, it, I had a great time. Um, I love all the guys that I managed. And um, we met in person once, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Still keep in touch with all of them. So. What have been the what have been the biggest challenges that you've encountered as you've moved to doing more of your work remotely? I think uh, the biggest challenge that it can be hard to overcome is honestly the communication. So I think you kind of lose a little bit of like body language and kind of being in uh, you know close with people all the time when you go remote. But I think if you're cognizant of that mm-hmm. and you make sure that people are you know, only dealing with things online or they're doing their best to do Google Hangouts or, you know, you know really like making an effort and that can be overcome. Uh, you know, you can get over that, but mm-hmm. um, it is a challenge. Um, and I think the other thing, if uh, whoever you're working for doesn't really trust you, then it seems to be amplified mm-hmm. when you're remote because it's like they can't see you and they think that, you know, like, oh, well, you must be like off at the beach or something. Right. Um, And so like, even though you're not and you're still getting your work done, there's this weird feeling that you can, that develops of like, well, I don't see them. So therefore I don't know whether they're working or not. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had any success improving that situation or is it more about just uh, finding people that you can work with who do trust you? Um, I think it's a, it's a trust thing. Um, and when uh, Matt was talking about the, the lack of trust, I was thinking about, um, the team that we managed, um, in three different time zones. And there was uh, some of the headquarters were in the Midwest, but, um, one of the guys, um, actually lived 30 miles away. Um, so he was in office. He had been vetted by the organization and the founders. And so therefore he got, um, the ability to work from his home no matter what. But there was, um, also teams, you know, from another time zone away. And, um, one of my good friends, he, He's a, you know, great, great dev, um, very devoted father. He, every day in chat, he would, in campfire, he would say, I'm going to go pick up my child mm-hmm. from here. No big deal, right? You go pick up your kids. But, um, the founder once said to me, why does he go pick up his kid? Wow. Um, his, his wife makes less money than he does. So therefore she should go pick up his kid. He doesn't work. And I got so mad because it's like, he's trying really hard, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a father and you have to yeah. respect that. And I don't think it was because he was mad about him picking up his kid. He just didn't trust him to, to mm-hmm. cope all the time that he was. Yeah. So um, I think that it's it's an attitude thing. It's a fit thing. And um, at the end of the day, their attitudes just didn't necessarily mesh together. Mm-hmm. So that's a horror story, I guess. <laughs> So have you found that uh, some aspects of your life are, are nicer now that um, you're working more remotely? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the biggest thing is not having to commute because at least living in Seattle, like it is so awful to commute. It's like, you know, an hour in the morning of mm. just sitting through traffic. And by the time you get in and, you know, you sit down and you're like ready to work, you're already like stressed out. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to just wake up and get to work is is really awesome. It's like lower stress. And on top of that, I, I thought originally like I would be isolated from other people. I found that it's it's actually more exciting for me to go out to like meetups and networking events because I'm not worried about like getting home and commuting home. So it's right. it's given me a lot more flexibility to do the things that are 
really important, and I, I think it's great. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. I mean, I feel like, looking back, I feel like when I was working at an office, I often felt less enthused about going to meetups and events and things like that because it was at the end of the day at the office, and I knew you know, that it would be putting me that much later to get home. Whereas now, I mean, I still don't get out as much as I want just because I'm so busy, but now it it doesn't feel like as quite as much of an imposition because it's, you know, like you said, it's an exciting thing to get out, you know, and 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 go somewhere rather than, oh man, one more thing to delay the final return home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I can attest to that because I was on site on a Wednesday and then um, there was a meetup later that night and I leave, I wake up or I leave at 6.45 in the morning so I can beat traffic <laughs> before mm-hmm. it gets really badly and then I try to leave, but then it's like, you know, I don't really want to go and network and try to schmooze and drum up new business because I'm exhausted. And um, I think that that's um, people miss that part. They they just, they want the visual cue that you're in the office doing work. But usually it's a sign that they're not they don't know what the result mm-hmm. is to, to kind of gauge against to say, is this person doing their job or not? Right. So, Sophia, it sounds like you're spending some time on site right now. What was the the driver for that? What part of the business needs you to be um, on site? It was kind of a, a going back to my academic um, public policy roots. I would love to work remotely right now, but um, I saw kind of saw it as a chance to kind of go back and do the things that I was doing uh, when I was in graduate school. So, okay, there now, but um, work on the business probably you know a couple days a week um, when I get home. Um, okay, so this is a separate. This is a separate deal from your um, your mm-hmm. own business. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, but um, software in government is very interesting. There's a there's a whole if you want to talk about um, dispersed teams, there's a whole book of literature I could write about teams that are displaced in Costa Rica or Buenos Aires because a lot of their government or software projects are done by consulting groups. Let's so hear some of that. Let's talk talk to me about your experiences. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was working on a project and, um, with remote teams, communication is, you know, the most important thing, obviously. But, um, you know, it's different when you're in three different time zones, but you're all in the U.S. But let's say you have a committee that has to vet user requirements and then it has to be distributed to the project manager who has to give it to the person that's in charge of the consulting group who then gives it to the developers that actually do the work. I mean, there's four different levels of communication that has to come through. And so therefore you get really interesting product at the end of the day. <laughs> like that's not really what I asked for. And then they're like, well, I work on an hourly rate. So therefore if you want to fix it, then you have to pay more money, which mm-hmm. is like that. And then, you know, you, you bid for a couple hundred thousand dollars and it becomes, you know, a million dollars in software later that is kind of works, but not really. Right. So, so I think it's very much a throw it over the wall kind of thing. And I think like, you know, remote teams are, it, it's great that we have come to the place where we can trust each other to do the work. But at the same time, I think that meeting in person is also really important for, mm-hmm. and you know, if the developer doesn't know who I am, what motivation do they have to do great work for me? Right. So I think that that's kind of a, the problem, and I don't know if, you know, government necessarily takes that approach with software. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, 10 years behind, and I don't mean to <laughs> <laughs> be negative or anything, but um, it's just different. You know, they they can't vet out new ideas as readily as you or I can. Right. 
businesses. It's interesting because, I mean, I read the some of the, the literature and the reports coming out of that sector, and it seems like there have been some initiatives lately to get the government to, um, you know, get government agencies to, to do more uh, telecommuting and stuff like that. I mean, I, I thought I saw a while back there were sort of some dictums that came down and saying you've got to allow more people to telecommute just like for, for cost savings. I, I remember a lot of that kind of came out of the, the big blizzard a few years ago in Was- that, that shut down Washington. And, and, uh, and I started seeing some reports of agencies saying we can't, we can't have this happen. But at the same time, it sounds like there's a long way to go with regard to actually making it happen. Yeah, and I think that especially with it's interesting because you know you have your your regular departments, you know your utilities and your your parks and your community planning that sort of thing. Where that that's stuff that they want you to be on site because that's stuff that they have people with the expertise to do. Mm-hmm. Software, you have an IT team who's usually backed up two years with proposals from other departments. So if, uh, let's say one department needs to do a software product, they usually do, you know, a request for proposal. And a lot of those teams are distributed. So you have an agency that doesn't necessarily support telecommuting of their own employees, but to do software, they, that's the only choice that they have to turn to. Mm-hmm. It's creating interesting things. Mm-hmm. Now, in your own business, your own consulting business, do you make an effort to meet up with clients in person at first or on some kind of schedule, or do you do it totally remote? Uh, so I try as hard as I can to meet with people at least once to mm-hmm. to have the, the relationship or to, to see them across the table. I think that it's interesting because a long time ago, everything that I did was over email or chat, more or less. And... As I've gotten more and more remote, I've found that it's more important to do the things like Skype or Google Hangouts or meet people in person or even call them on the phone because it's a, it's really important to overcome that to get the other person like on your side and to see to see you I think is really important mm-hmm. because I mean let's be honest I think email and chats are really easy to ignore mm-hmm. it's like if you're seeing somebody and you can actually see and talk to them, it's it's hard to ignore that. Yeah, and um, even just nego- trying to negotiate certain software contracts, I find that, you know, we ha- and on Outlook, you have the whole, like, you can send emails with high importance when really a phone call or just running down to go, like, say, hey, like, I, I really need this from you, but by the way, how how is your family? Or did you go on vacation? Did you like that? And then they, they feel a personal connection to you. And then they're like, oh, let me help you with that mm-hmm. because you're already here and you're in my office. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like I get a better reception in order to get things rolling and get things done. And I'm, I'm kind of an aggressive person. I just kind of show up on people's stores if I need something. Mm-hmm. So it works for both of us, I think. Yeah. How often do you communicate with your clients? What uh, tools do you use to do it? Um, talk to me about just like uh, how closely you're, you're working with them. So uh, I do have some sort of communication at least once a week at least, uh, whether it's just like a pulse of like I'm still here working on this. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's a really involved project, I think it would be more you know once a day, like at least checking in once a day. And I tend to be pretty proactive with sending emails. Also, I mean, there's, there's, it really depends, but a lot of the time I'm helping people who already have a project set up. So like they have Basecamp or they have Pivotal Tracker set up and, you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time sending them alerts through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I do is 
I like to send Google Docs because sometimes it's a little bit more than an email. Sometimes it's like, you know, there's this like overall uh, architecture problem that I'm working on and it just takes more than just an email. And I found that it's really nice to send people Google Docs because they can comment on it. They can edit it if you if you want them to edit it. And it's just it's a lot more of a collaboration thing. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, you know, it's, I like to, you know, phone call, Google Hangouts, I use a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Do you find you need to, to push people into using that kind of high bandwidth communication, or are they pretty open to it? Like the, uh, the Google Hangout and phone call and stuff like that? I feel like most people are pretty open to it. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the people that I've worked with, they've had horror stories on their own of, you know, they hire like one guy who, doesn't really perform and they didn't hear from them for like a month or something. Yeah. And I think that um, just uh, speaking from project management experience, it doesn't matter what necessarily the tool you use, as long as you're using something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really depends on, you know, the client and what they request. And for some, it's like, you know, doing the, the one day an email check-in type of thing. That's, you know, a few sentences to something as, um, you know, formal as like a memo saying like, this is what happened in the last two weeks, depending on how much communication you have with them and how busy they are and mm-hmm. um, you know, percentage of their time they work on this particular project. Um, so really just uh, depends on who they are and how they're set up. And then we usually try to accommodate as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, switch gears a little to uh, quality of life. Do you find, are there things that you do now that, um, you know, that are easier to do in your spare time or in your, you know, more flexible time because you're working remotely? Yeah, for me, I think the biggest thing that's great is that I'm able to actually make it to the gym uh, <laughs> and work out. I think when I worked in an office, I was pretty lucky in that there was a gym next door. So, like, I would generally, like, get off of work at about 530 and then go work out at the gym. But I, I really don't like that because sometimes I don't want to work out at 530 every single day. Right. Um, so it's been really nice to to just be able to like get up and go to the gym when I actually like to go work out when my mind starts getting a little fuzzy. So like mm-hmm. late in the day when I'm a little bit tired, that way I kind of get another, you know, like a second wind. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's been really great about being flexible. Yeah. And I think that um, um, I love to go to yoga, which is like, you know, two hours out of my mm-hmm. day it's worth it for the mental clarity that I get and the ideas I get later on how to solve certain problems that might be bugging me. Right. It's we, you know, I think that, you know, to be successful at this, you have to be able to put, hit the stop button and kind of take care of yourself physically for once. And then that will, you know, bleed into how well you address your clients and how well you do in business. Right. Any advice for anyone uh, considering shifting to, working and particularly consulting remotely? Well, I can tell you something um, from being a husband and wife team. Oh, yeah? um, that is to make sure that you maintain husband and wife team. <laughs> it's hard to be um, running your consulting business as a married couple in your house. Mm. Um, you, you, your work is where you live. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to say, let's just spend time together as opposed to, well, what did that client say? Yeah. Um, what pro- did you solve to kind of do anything to help? Yeah, I would say that the, the best piece of advice is when you're working at home, sometimes, yeah, it's, it's really hard to separate your home life from your work life. And I think the best thing that I have is that I have a separate office, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
can at least get up and walk out of it. And the other thing is I do Pomodoros quite often. And unlike most people who use them just to focus, I find that it's really great to break up my focus um, because when I'm at home and nobody's here and it's just me working on a problem, I can become too hyper-focused. And I think when you're just stuck in your own head for way too long, it gets pretty not so great. (laughs) Right. All right, well, before I let you two go, where can people find out more about you and your projects online? So we have a website. It's uh, modulus7.com, and that's uh, seven, the the numeral. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. You can find me on Twitter at MJKirk, Mm -hmm. K-I-R-K. And I am Soph the Wise One on Twitter. Um, We have a blog on the Modulus 7 blog, and then, you know, we're – open to uh, other people looking at our stuff and um, if they need any help with uh, big data projects or hiring development teams, we're, you know, open for conversation. Fantastic. Well, Matt, Sophia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And that is our show today. Hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe if you haven't already or to check out more interviews and articles about remote work, go to wideteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y-Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm. Signing.